In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came his, to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believed in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much, Kaylin and Tony. My name's Smiley. I'm one of the pastors here at Good News, and I'd like to welcome you. I have the privilege of bringing our Christmas uh, message to you tonight, unpacking what we just heard. But before we do that... Let's spend some time in prayer. Happy birthday, Jesus. We're gathered here this evening because you came to seek and save us, and we want to say thank you. And we're so thankful that when you ascended into heaven, you poured out your spirit. We need your spirit. Jesus, may your spirit fall fresh on those <clears throat> who believe in you, that as we hear the story of Christmas, that it would be new and fresh, and we would be filled anew with the wonder that you would come to rescue us. And Jesus, we pray for many who perhaps will hear the Christmas message for the first time that your spirit would fall fresh and there would be new birth that leads to new sight, that leads to new faith in you. And I do pray that all of us would leave here this evening celebrating that we have received the greatest gift ever, the gift of eternal life with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's message has an interesting title. It's called, Don't Keep Christ in Christmas. I mean, I know a little, some of you are shocked by that, but, but every like December, people, you start hearing them saying, keep Christ in Christmas, keep Christ in Christmas. But I want you to know, I think that's the problem and not the solution. And, and you say, well, what do you mean? Well, every December, people, they get out their decorations, right? So they get into their box and they get out their wreaths and you got to put them up, right? you got to get your lights out because you need some lights outside. And, and maybe you, you get a candy cane. And then you know what they do? They get baby Jesus out, right? In December, they get him out. And, and then they put him in the nativity scene, right? They, they put him there because you got to have Jesus. But know what happens in January? What do they do? They what? They put it all back in the box. And they keep Christ in Christmas. And so what I want you to learn this evening is don't keep Christ in Christmas. 
And, and what I want you to do as you leave here today is I want you to enjoy Jesus every day and forever. Don't keep Christ in Christmas, but enjoy Jesus every day and forever. Kaylin read us a passage, and I want you to know the author of this passage is a friend of mine. His name is John. And I want you to know John was an eyewitness of Jesus. He saw Jesus. He was one of the 12. He was one of the 12 apostles. He was part of that inner circle, part of the inner three. He was actually the one probably closest to Jesus, um, the one whom Jesus loved. And uh, John's really excited about Jesus. He wants us to know him. That's why he wrote this book. Matter of fact, I, I want to show you in John chapter 20, John tells us why he wrote this book. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. John says, I walked with Jesus for three and a half years, and I saw all kinds of things I haven't shared. Have you ever had questions that really weren't in there? So why did John choose to include what he included? He tells you. But these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. He says, I saw Jesus, and I wrote what I wrote because I want you to know Jesus and believe in Jesus and have eternal life. And know what I'm praying for you? I'm praying tonight that you would know Jesus and that you would have eternal life. You see, Matthew, the other gospel writers, Matthew and, and Luke, they tell us about Mary. They tell us about Joseph. They tell us about the shepherds and the wise men. But John says, I want you to know who Jesus is. Do you? He says, I want you to know why Jesus came. John wanted us to understand the gospel more than anything, that we would understand the bad news of our sin and the good news of Jesus. And so he, he gets so excited in, in these verses we just read. He says, Jesus is the word. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Uh, 2020, have you enjoyed it? It was great. It was great. <laughs> Uh, and, and so could you use a little bit of good news to finish the year out? I'd like to hear some good news. Listen, hang on to your seats because we're going to be drinking good news tonight like it's coming out of, a, out of a fire hose. You ready? John is so excited about Jesus, and he wants us to know him, and I am too. And so he starts out, and he says, Jesus is the Word. Did you see that in verse 1? In the beginning was the Word. And how do I know that it's Jesus? Because in verse 14, and the Word became flesh. Who is Jesus? He's the Word. Know why Jesus came? Because he wanted to communicate to us what the God of the Bible is like. Listen very carefully. He wanted to communicate to us what the God of the Bible is like. That's the good news. But to understand the good news of the gospel, we have to understand the bad news. And the bad news is that people do not know the God of the Bible. I have had so many conversations with people that go like this. Well, you know, Smiley, the God I believe in wouldn't do that. You ever heard that? And then ask them the question, well, how did you come to know your God? And you know what they say? That's just how I feel. Listen, religion, in religion, man is trying to figure God out. But when the word became flesh with the gospel is God came to earth so we would know exactly what God is like. 
Oh, and what is God like? Look back in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. We're here to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, but I want you to know the Word is eternal. God the Son is eternal. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. We're Christians. We believe there is one God who exists eternally in three persons. There's God the Father, and there's God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Son was with the Father and was with the Son from all of eternity, enjoying perfect fellowship with one another. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God the Son is fully God. So what do we celebrate at Christmas? It's not when God the Son came into being. It's when God the Son became a man, and Jesus Christ was born. Do you see that? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is unique, fully God and fully man in one person. Matter of fact, in Colossians chapter 2, if you want to know who is Jesus, here it is. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, inseparably joined together in one person. And why? Why did the word become flesh and dwelt among us? So that we could know the God of the Bible. Did you see that? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Wow, God was on earth. We saw what God was like. Glorious of the only begotten from the Father. Glorious, the one and only Son, full of grace and truth. Know what the God of the Bible is like? He's a God of grace and a God of truth. Um, truth. Let's start with truth. Don't you love the truth, don't you? I mean... Uh, yeah, there's all these questions about the election. Was it, was it true or not? Was it a, or, or a virus? Is, what is it like? What's the truth, right? Jesus is the truth. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is more real than anything we've ever seen, anything we've ever heard, anything that we know. Jesus is the truth. Matter of fact, in John 14 and See, John begins in chapter 1 introducing all these things about Jesus, the whole rest of the gospel. He helps us to know who he is and why he came. So in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the, the truth. God became a man so that we could know the truth. You ever wonder where everything came from? If we come to Jesus, we'll know the truth. You ever wonder what went wrong in the world, why everything's so broken? If we come to Jesus, we know the truth. If you want to know, well, how do we fix it? We come to Jesus. If you want to know, where is history headed? We come to Jesus and know he's the truth. If we want to know what's right and we want to know what's wrong, we turn to the Supreme Court, right? Is that what we do? Do you know that things that were unthinkable 20 years ago are today unquestionable? And things that were unquestionable 20 years to do, to get to do, ago are now unthinkable. So how do we know right and wrong? Jesus is the truth. God became a man so that we could know what the God of the Bible is like, and he's a God of truth. Know what else we learn? He's a God of grace. Listen, do you know what grace is? Grace is how the gospel is so different from religion. 
Listen, the gospel is about grace and religion is about works. All the religions of the world say, you have to save yourself. It's up to you. You have to be good. And Jesus came to earth to teach us that Jesus seeks and saves sinners, that Christians are saved by grace through faith and not by our works. Didn't we read that when we uh, read in verse 16? For of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. Jesus came to earth to teach us that we're saved by grace, by grace through faith. For the law was given through Moses. God gave the law through Moses so that we would see our sin and realize how much we need a Savior, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Word, the Word made flesh. Why did he come to earth? So that we could know the God of the Bible and know that the God of the Bible is a God of grace and truth. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. Verse 3, all things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was, help me, in him was what? Was life. Jesus is the life. Now, to appreciate the good news that Jesus is the life, you have to understand the bad news. And the bad news is our first parents sinned against God, and death came into the world. And all of us know that at the end of our life, there sits death. So Jesus came into the world of dying people to give us life. Matter of fact, let's go back to John 14, 6. Remember Jesus said, I'm the truth? Listen to what he also said. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the... He's what, I'm the life. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's Jesus who gives eternal life to people, life that's abundant and life that lasts forever. Wow. So many of us were so excited about uh, maybe what's under the tree tomorrow. Let me tell you, Jesus is way, way better than anything underneath the tree because Jesus said, I, what I am, the life. In John chapter 10, in John 10, Listen to what Jesus said. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Are you looking for life? Do you want an abundant life? Do you want to live forever? That's why Jesus came. He's the life so that we could have eternal life and abundant life now and life that lasts forever. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the life. Uh, Jesus is the Word. And next, John wants us to know that Jesus is the light. Verse 4, did you hear that? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Who is Jesus? He's the light of the world. Why did Jesus come to earth to light up the darkness? To appreciate the good news that Jesus is light? You have to appreciate or understand the bad news that the world lies in darkness. I mean, do you ever just look around and say, why can't people get along? You ever wonder, why do we do terrible things to one another? Because the world lives in darkness, in rebellion against God. The world lives in sin. And so the light came. 
Uh, the light entered into the darkness so that we would no longer live in the darkness, but could live in the light. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Listen, Jesus is the light of the world. If you're looking for light, it's in Jesus. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you like to walk in the darkness? Do you? Um, imagine you're in your car and you're driving 70 miles an hour down a, a country road and all of a sudden your headlights go out. You're going 70 miles an hour. What's going to happen? What? You're going to crash unless you stop, right? Or how about in our homes? You ever try and walk through a room in the dark? Maybe you catch your little toe on a piece of furniture, right? Doesn't that hurt? And I say... I'm not going to tell you what I say when I kick my foot. Or, man, so many times I've kicked my toe, and, and then when our kids were still at home, uh, maybe you've ever had this experience, our kids loved Legos. There's nothing worse than walking through a room in the dark and what? Stepping on a Lego, right? Wow. Know what Jesus says? Are you tired of running into things? Are you tired of kicking your, your toes on furniture in the night? Are you tired of stepping on Legos? He says, follow me and walk in the light. He invites us to believe in him. He invites us to follow him. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is the light of the world. He came into the world to light up the darkness so we could walk in the light and, and not in the darkness. But what happened when he came? Back to John 1, verse 6. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. John's job was, this is the light of the world. This is the light of the world. Just like my job. Just like you, if you're a Christian. We want to point others. We're not the light. Jesus is the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Can you imagine that? He created the world. He created all things. And when the light comes into the world, the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. Those who were looking forward to the Savior coming, they didn't receive him. Notice, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. How can we experience grace? How can we move from darkness to light? How can we become a child of God? Do you hear what the Bible says? It's by receiving Christ as our Savior and Lord. It's by believing in Jesus. But for us to do that, we need help. Notice what he says, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Listen, for us to believe in Jesus, we need Jesus to send the Holy Spirit so that we experience a new birth. And a new birth leads to new sight so we can see Jesus. That leads to new faith that we would believe in him. The older I get as a Christian, the more gracious I've become. I used to say I never, ever heard the gospel until I was invited to Young Life. And I'm not so sure that's true. 
I'm not sure that I never heard, but I certainly never heard. And then one day when I was invited to Young Life, Jesus loved me so much. Not only did he send someone to share the gospel with me, but he sent the Holy Spirit. And know what the Holy Spirit did? The Holy Spirit gave me a new birth. And when I experienced a new birth, I had new sight. And for the first time in my life, I saw how beautiful and amazing Jesus was. And I saw my sin as never before and my need of a Savior. And I had new faith. Know what I'm praying for you? I'm praying that, that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to you so that you would experience a new birth that you would have new sight, that you would see Jesus and say, that's the one I've been looking for all my life. That's the one my heart longs for. And that you would have new faith and that you would receive in him and believe in him and have eternal life. So, who is Jesus? He's the word who makes known to us the God of the Bible, the God of grace and truth. Who's Jesus? He's the life, the one who brings life, life that's abundant and eternal. Who is Jesus? He's the light of the world who comes that we would no longer walk in darkness, but walk in the light. Oh, know who Jesus is? He's the Lamb of God. Verse 29, same chapter. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Our joy in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world will be in direct proportion, the good news, to how much we understand the bad news of our sin. I mean, if you say to people who don't believe that people are sinners, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, they say, well, who cares? But if we understand the bad news... You see, Jesus came because we have a sin problem. It's a universal problem in, in Romans 3, uh, verse 23. Notice what the Bible says for all have sinned. How many? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Maybe you wonder why I'm a Christian. One of the reasons I'm a Christian is because it's true that what the gospel teaches fits the world I live in. So I want you to just to be a backyard scientist for a few moments, okay? And the Bible says we have a sin problem, okay? So I want you just to look back in history. I just want you to look back in history and say, is there any evidence in human history that we have a sin problem? Is there? I mean, isn't history a sad story of racism and war and domestic violence and rape, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, so... That's history. Now let's look around the world today. Have we gotten better and better over time? Have we figured it all out? Have we? No, we have a problem called sin, right? Have you ever stopped and thought how much of our life revolves around our sin problem? How many of you uh, like having passwords on everything? You like that? You know why we have passwords on everything? Do you know why? It's, that's right, because what all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? Know why we lock our doors at night? Why? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Know why we have police? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Know why we have a military? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I think for a lot of us, we can admit that history is broken and the world is broken, but sometimes we have a hard time admitting we're broken. Uh, someone said, every man is an honest man in a dishonest world as he sees it. 
Isn't it true? A lot of people think that they're a good person in a bad world, but the Bible says all have sinned, like especially me. So let me help you out a little bit to see yours. In your whole life, did you ever disobey your parents? Anybody ever do that? Are you guys there? Yes, right? In your whole life, have you ever stolen anything? In your whole life, have you? In your whole life, have you ever told a lie? Ever? That person who said no just did, right? Uh, have you ever in your whole life wanted something that someone else had? Oh, we've all sinned, right? But what a lot of people don't understand is what makes our sin so bad is we sin against God. Most people think we've made mistakes. No, no, sin is very personal. We've sinned against God. It's God who said, honor your father and mother. And so we say to God, we don't care what you say. We'll do what we want. And it's God who says, you shall not steal. And we say, God, we don't care what you say. We'll steal if we want to. And it's God who says, you shall not bear false witness. And we say, God, we'll lie if we want to. And it's God who says, don't covet. And yet we do. We have sinned against God over and over again, and we're in big trouble. And you say, well, what is that? God says what we deserve, though no one talks about it anymore, is God says what we deserve for what we have done is hell. That what we deserve is to be separated from God and from all good things. Well, Smiley, that's a big upper. Listen, once we understand our sin, that we've sinned against God, we deserve hell. And then we hear what John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We say, Tell me more about Jesus. Did you know that Jesus on the cross is the center of the Bible? Did you know that everything in the Bible centers on the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Everything in the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament points to this moment. Uh, we've been walking through Genesis this year, and God told Abraham, God told Abraham that one day God would provide the lamb to cover our sins. Jesus is the lamb. If you read through the Old Testament, you'll see that every year the Jewish people celebrated a Passover. And what they did was they took a lamb, and they killed the lamb, and they put the blood. They put the blood over their door. Know what the purpose of that was? It was to look back and give God thanks that he had set them free from slavery in Egypt. But it was also to look ahead. It was to look ahead when God would provide the lamb whose blood would be shed so we could be forgiven of our sins. You ever read through the Old Testament? Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, and you go, what's with all these sacrifices? Know what it's about? We have a problem called sin. The penalty for sin is death. The blood of animals can never take away our sin. We need someone, someone blameless to bear our sins. All those Old Testament sacrifices. And then one day, John the Baptist saw Jesus and he says, here he is. Here he is. Here's the one we've been waiting for. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, Jesus was a baby born to die. He was unique. As a man, as a man, he could be our substitute and die in our place. As God, his death would be of infinite value. So the word became flesh, lived a perfect life.
And then the Lamb of God shed his blood. He took our sins upon himself. He died in our place for our sins. And then he was buried, but on the third day he rose from the dead. And Jesus offers us the greatest gift. The greatest gift isn't you're under, under your tree. The greatest gift ever given is the gift of eternal life. And what is eternal life? It is the forgiveness of our sins. What is eternal life? It's life that's abundant and life that lasts forever. And how do we receive this grace? We receive this gift by faith. Isn't that what we saw in verse 12? But as many as received him, those who received Jesus as their Savior and Lord, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who believe in him. Have you? How about John 3, 16? Isn't that a verse that everyone has heard? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God loved sinners. He sent his Son to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Why? that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, so that those who believe in him would be forgiven of their sins and, and receive eternal life. One more verse, and I like to string verses together to show you this is important. It said over and over again, John 6, when Jesus starts something saying, truly, truly, know what he was saying? Maybe you've been sleeping. This is really important. He starts this truly, truly. So I want to back up. Will you read this verse with me? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. You guys were a little slow. Let's try it again. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So listen, who does Jesus say has eternal life? Who? He who believes. He doesn't say he who is good. He says he who believes. So if you believe, what does Jesus say about you? That you have eternal life. And listen, he says that if you don't, if you haven't believed, you don't, but you can have eternal life as a free gift through believing in Jesus. But what does it mean to believe in Jesus? I mean, smelly, doesn't everybody believe in Jesus? Listen, believing in Jesus, we love to say is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. See the word admit? To believe in Jesus begins when we admit, not just the world that's broken, I'm a sinner. I've disobeyed my parents, I've told lies, I've stolen, I'm a sinner. It starts when we admit our sin. And then it moves to believe in Jesus means that we believe. We believe that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that he died in my place, he died for me, and he rose. We believe that. And then we commit. The word commit means we transfer, transfer our trust from trusting in ourselves to save us, and we put our trust in Jesus. Every one of us, listen, everyone here, listen, we're either trusting in ourselves to, to spend eternity with God or, or we're trusting in Jesus. And to commit means we transfer our trust from trusting in our good works, which really aren't that good, and we transfer our trust from ourselves to what Christ has done for us. There was a day in my life where I understood the gospel and I admitted, Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry, and that I believe in you, and I want you to be my Savior and Lord, and I receive the gift of eternal life. <clears throat> so I'd like to offer you that opportunity as well to receive the greatest gift ever given. I mean, wouldn't you like to go to bed tonight knowing you're forgiven? Wouldn't you? Of all your sins, past and present and future, and wouldn't you love to have eternal life, to have an abundant life now with Jesus and to, and to live with him forever? So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have everybody 
close their eyes in just a minute, and, and, and we're going to have a prayer, and I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you'd like to receive the greatest gift ever, to admit and believe and commit. And then after I, I, we've prayed, I'm going to ask you, while everybody's got their eyes closed and we're not going to have any peekers in here, no peekers, I'm going to ask you, if you've committed your life to Christ, that you would raise your hand, and here's why, because it's the most important decision that we'll ever make. And I think it's really important to say, listen, tonight is the night that I put my trust in Christ. And, and if you do that, I'd love to, to pray for you. And then after I pray for you, I'd love for you to take a Connect card. And I'd like you to mark on there that you put your trust in Christ because I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you that you took that first step to believe. And I would love to pray for you that you would take the next step and the next step, okay? So I'm going to pray give you an opportunity to, to receive the greatest gift ever, and then ask if you did so to raise your hand and to fill out a card, and, and, and then I'll close this in prayer. Okay? Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad that you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for rising and offering us eternal life, forgiveness, a life that's abundant and eternal. And listen, if, you, if you'd like that gift, I want you to know Jesus is here and he's far more concerned with the attitude of your heart than the words that you say. But won't you repeat after me as we tell Jesus you'd like this gift? Lord Jesus, I admit to you that I've sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. I want you to come into my life and, and be my Savior and forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Uh, listen, if, if you've done that for the first time while everybody keeps their eyes closed, would you just raise your hand and say, hey, son, I want you to know that tonight is the night that I, I put my faith in Christ. We'd love to know that both those that are, that are here and, and, and those that are online. Listen, for those of you who, who raise your hand, way to go, way to put your faith in Christ. Jesus said if we believe in him that we would have eternal life. Won't you mark that on a card and let us know? We would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us all that those who believe in you do indeed have eternal life. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so far, what we've learned is, listen, don't keep Christ in Christmas. Don't keep Christ in Christmas. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to enjoy Jesus every day and forever. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, in a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks, we're going to start taking all of our stuff, right? And we're going to start putting it back into boxes. Listen, don't put Jesus away, okay? Leave him out. Leave him out and enjoy Jesus every day and forever. And you say, how? When we believe in Jesus, he invites us to be his disciples, and, and he gives us three simple invitations that we can take every day of our life. And the first one is, he invites us to come and see him. Now, come on. If Jesus was in town, and he said, come and see, would you come? How many of you would come? Wouldn't you come? Do you know he does invite us? He says, come and see. Listen to what John said. 
in verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glorious of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John says, I saw Jesus. I've written down exactly what I saw so that you too could know God. Look at verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who's in the bosom of the Father, He's explained Him. God became a man. We can know God in the person of Jesus Christ. How about verse 29? Behold, look at, gaze at, come and see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow. Every week on Sunday, know what happens? We gather together and know what we do together? We open the Bible together and we invite others to come and see what? Jesus. Listen, if you don't have a church home, love to invite you, come and see Jesus. No one else, we're so blessed that most of us own a Bible. And no one else, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. And every morning, Jesus invites us, come and see, come and see. We get the opportunity to start every day with the Word, with the Lamb of God. And know what happens when we do? We remember how precious Jesus is. He's the Lamb of God who's taken away our sins. And we remember how precious he is and we want to follow him. No one else, when we go outside every day and we see people doing the craziest things, we understand why. Why? Because the world is broken. So Jesus invites us to come and see. No one else he invites us. He says, follow me. I mean, know what happens when we get up and we see how beautiful Jesus is, we see the life that he lived, and then he says to us, come, I mean, he says, follow me. We want to follow him, don't we? When we get up and meet with Jesus and we say, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. We say, I'm tired of walking in the darkness. I want to walk in the light, don't you? Man, I've been a Christian for a long, long time, and I am so thankful to be a follower of Jesus. Know what I hear every day? I hear the sound of people all around me walking in the darkness, wrecking their lives. And I am so thankful Jesus says, follow me. And know what I find when I follow Jesus? I'm not wrecking my car into things. I'm not stepping on Legos in the living room. I'm not crashing my toe. Imagine how different your life would be if you would wake up each day and spend time with Jesus and begin to follow him. Know what else Jesus invites us to do? He invites us to fish for men, to fish for men. Matter of fact, in, in Matthew 4, 19, listen to what Jesus said. He says, follow me. If you'll come and see me, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. I'll make your life uh, uh, catch other people. Because know what happens? When we get up and we begin to experience the word, we want to share the word with others. When we find real life in Jesus, we find we want to share him with others. When we begin to walk in the light, we want to share the light with others. When we experience the Lamb of God, we want to share the Lamb of God with others. So let me ask you, who do you know? Who do you know who's so bummed about Christmas because maybe they're not getting what they wanted to get? Won't you go and share with them? 
The greatest gift ever is available to them. The greatest gift ever is eternal life in Jesus. Jesus is the life. Listen, how many people do you know who are wrecking their lives, who would love to hear what you learned today, that Jesus is the light, and he invites us to follow him and not walk in the darkness, but to walk in the light? How many people do you know have made really poor choices and they're so broken? who would love to hear what you learned tonight, that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Won't you go and share with them that good news? Oh, dear people, don't don't keep Christ in Christmas. Enjoy Jesus every day and forever. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful that we can enjoy you every day of our lives. Lord, may we hear your call, come and see, and may we come and see you. Come and see you in worship and spending time with you. And Lord, when we hear, follow me. Lord, help us to follow you and walk in the light and not in the darkness. And Lord, when you call us to fish for men, help us to share with others what you have taught us. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.